0: This is Darker Days Radio. I am one of your hosts, Mike, and tonight I'm joined by Chris. How's it going, Chris?
1: Hey, yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, I've got a... what have I been doing? Role-playing, painting miniatures, and getting ready for a uh, overdue uh, trip back to the UK for a bit of a holiday. So, uh, yeah, pretty good. Also, I'm not sweating my ass off with uh, the German weather... I don't understand. Yeah. So, yeah, pretty good, pretty good, pretty good. There's lots of books I still need to read that have been coming out recently. So, um, yeah. Cool. What have
0: you been up to
1: gaming-wise?
0: Gaming-wise? I was actually playing some video games a little bit. Uh, The new Shadowrun Returns came out, and that was pretty cool. Ah. Yeah, a bit of a CRPG, I guess. Um, Mostly... There is, like, a dialogue options but there's definitely combat you have to go through and I of course made a street samurai and just mowed people down. okay cool um, yeah I've played a bit more of finally got my
1: ass into gear and playing uh, a bit more of um, Assassin's Creed 3 because uh, it's um, obviously good inspiration building you know kind of the looks and the weaponry and so forth for um, iron kingdom so yeah it's uh, it's a good game it's good fun. And uh, lots of black powder weaponry and cool ways to assassinate people. So, yeah, i have been playing some, compu- uh, for playing some computer games. Um, yeah. Wow, there's still loads of stuff that's happened since we uh, last recorded uh, Darker Days uh, for the main show. Um, so, what are we up to with the show tonight, then, Mike? What is our uh,
0: plan? Well, this is uh, episode number 49, and it is the final episode of season four. I think it's a fitting number to end on. Mm-hmm. And we're going to be discussing, of course, rate, the oblivion talking a little bit about the shadowlands, uh, presenting a secret frequency regarding hearts Island in New York state, and also discussing the new world of darkness underworld.
1: Oh yes. Yeah. There's quite a lot to discuss there. And yeah, it's going to be interesting how the two things, um, uh, how, you know, the underworld and the uh, shadowlands of, uh of, Wraith of Oblivion and classic World of Darkness compares to, uh, you know, New World of Darkness approach to the same sort of uh, setting material. Um, yeah, it'd be interesting what crosses over and what could be used from one into the other. So I think that moves us on to uh, White Wolf News, doesn't it? I think it does. <laughs>
0: All right, Chris. Uh, changing breeds—how'd that do? Uh, it got funded. <laughs> <laughs> I read in the notes it got one hundred and
1: fourteen thousand um, dollars. Quite a few bonus PDFs are coming with that one. So for various the beast courts of the Hyonkai so that's the uh, Eastern Asia uh, beast kin. Uh, the Ahadi—I don't even know what those are, to be honest. You yeah, know, that's how They're, much I paid. Uh,
0: North Africa.
1: Oh, okay. That's interesting. Yeah. Okay, cool. And what? Changing Breeds Fiction Anthology. Interesting.
0: Yeah, the, the fiction anthology is pretty cool because the way they set it up uh, with the Kickstarter was every stretch goal was just one chapter, one short story for the anthology. So you actually built up the anthology as you went.
1: Okay, cool. Yep. Uh-huh. Nice, nice, nice. Um, ooh, what else we got out? Uh, we've got the things that have been released recently we've got convention book syndicate i've yet to uh, have a look at the review copy of that i'm still actually got to finish the uh progenitors one so i think um i think i'll make sure i read both of those before we record the next darker days because then we i think we can have more time to talk about them um stricts murder anthology i've started reading but i got distracted by some other novels um so i might try and read some on the uh while i'm in manchester because um, obviously that's going to give us a good heads up of um really kind of things we can expect to see in the main setting uh, chronicle book and then of course we've had hunters hunted 2 have you had a look at
0: that one uh a little bit and uh, i gotta say justin achille did it again once again he developed a book which i thought would be like pretty mediocre not too interesting retreading old ground and it comes out and it's phenomenal so uh, well done on his part, and uh, of course to all the writers as well.
1: Cool. And keeping on the the theme of vampires, we've had, uh, you know, more um, a lot more previews of uh, material for uh, the Strips Chronicles. So that's, again, more stuff with the Covenants and um, just a cursory glance of how the rules are lining up uh, the main core rules uh, of Strix Chronicles line up with uh, God Machine Chronicles. So the whole point is that, um, from what I believe we were told last time uh, by maybe David Hill or something is that you could buy the Strix Chronicles setting book, and you wouldn't actually need the God Machine Chronicles to to run it. Uh, so uh, mm. a lot of the gate, a lot of the the, the basic uh, World of Darkness material is duplicated in there obviously it may not go into it as with as deep uh, explanations or um, or examples but it is all there so you don't have to have you know two books open at once you just need that one and if you need more specifics you can go to God Machine Chronicle and of course with the God Machine Chronicle rules remember the God Machine Chronicle rules were given away for free in the pdf so even then you can still get all those bits for free so the only thing you're missing is the god machine Chronicle setting material which of course you yep. don't need if you're running vampire so hurrah that's all
0: good and a lot of the uh new rules for vampire are actually in the uh reap the whirlwind supplement so oh yes you can yeah, check yeah, them yeah. out right there
1: yeah that's actually i think um i think rose bailey pretty much said you could essentially run a lot of World wilderness of just with the um Just with that, Mm -hmm. then we had the unfortunate news that Mummy the Curse has been delayed yet again. Though this is all completely out of the hands of Rich Thomas and the guys at Onyx Path Publishing, Uh, you know, basically the uh, quality assurance of um, of the printers fouled up monumentally, and so before, just before the books were all ready to ship. Rich went, where's the embossed cover? Mm-hmm. So they've all gone back to be have all their covers put back on again with the embossing. So we'll get it eventually, you know. Um, at least we've got the PDFs. And, you know, I'll, I'll be happy once I get it. It might get me into the mood to actually run a one-shot for it at some point. Um, so, yeah, stay tuned for that one. But it is on its way. Um what else have we learned recently from uh, Onyx Path Publishing and World of Darkness?
0: Ooh, Demon. Yeah, Demon has a name. Demon of the Descent. I don't think we've actually ever said or spoken its true name on the show before. So uh, there you go, Demon of the Descent. Um, Matt McFarland is, of course, uh, continuing his actual play, and little bits and pieces of information are coming out here and there. And actually, uh, we did ask Rose Bailey and. Matt McFarland something about the demons in Demon of Descent, uh, oh, which yes. we'll be discussing later on in the show, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the last bit of news that we have here? We have the
1: red list for Vampire 20. So that's currently in development, or that's being written by yep. Matt McElroy. So, uh, cool. That's that's the red list is basically like um the modern up to date version of kind of like vampire what was it, most wanted was it? Is
0: that correct? Yeah, I think the, you're most wanted, yeah. you're right. It's gonna yeah. be interesting because it's gonna have uh, as Matt mentioned when he was last on the show, it's gonna have material for running uh, Alistair campaigns and those are the guys that hunt the, the most wanted. They're kinda like the uh I don't yeah. know, special FBI guys for uh for the Camarilla, so it's going to be some uh, pretty interesting uh, new new story ideas.
1: Okay, cool. And that brings us on to, then, uh, any specific things with regard to Darker Days itself. Um, what have we got for Darker Days news? I guess everyone should be aware that we've changed the logo and changed the web page, so it's had a refresh. Um, I think it looks a lot brighter, maybe a bit easier to read. I don't know. What do you think, Mike?
0: Uh, definitely. I was actually considering that, uh you know, some people go to university for four years for graphic design and they're not very good. And you just cranked something out in what, like a couple hours? Like you learned everything and it's looking pretty solid.
1: I basically yeah, I just basically bodged around with um <laughs> with Photoshop. Um and yeah, it looks cool. Um and I have that now that logo on some business cards ready for essence spiel for the uh, gaming convention um that's coming up in end of september october which is good because that generally means more cheap war machines and hordes figures maybe or else. or or, no to be honest i'll have enough figures by then i think I'll, i'll be scouting for um like scenery pieces and and odds and ends like that um Unless I come back with some giant colossal or something, that would be dumb. Um, mm. <laughs> anyway, um, which brings on to the fact, obviously, the last darker days, thing we had was um, our Dark Iron special with Simon Berman, which was great because we covered, I guess, quite a similar some similar topics to to uh, like what we were gonna start talking about, which is like you know we covered horror in the. Uh, Iron Kingdom setting, and you know how souls work into that, and how you get that horror kind of uh, horror story into a fantasy setting. Um, mm-hmm. It was quite a highbrow storytelling kind of episode to do. It was. Um, and on that note, I believe we have um, what eight hours to go on the War Machine Tactics Kickstarter, there, and they're very close to hitting the next stretch goal that unlocks the retribution of Syrah for the uh, computer game. So...
0: We're not going to make it to Ashland, are we?
1: No. Um, And, yeah, um, it would have been cool because, obviously, they're the mercenary force that uh, fight for Lael, or what was Lael. And I've been reading... I've read two of the novellas for the Iron Kingdom, so I think they're really great, actually. They have a lot of... um, good, you know, not they're nothing special to read in the sense of like highbrow writing, but there's enough in there to get you into the setting and make you feel immersed in what the setting is. Um, And so I'm reading the next one, which is in Thunderforged, which will be followed up in the next month or so by Big Iron, which is the next one in that trilogy written by uh, Mr. C.A. Suleiman a certain writer and developer of Mummy. So mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see how that turns out. Um, obviously, we've got some videos online, and I've been looking into a way of working out how to get our audio podcasts uh, onto YouTube. So look out for that if you go on YouTube. We're going to have some nice visuals just to act as a bit of a background while you listen to pretty much all the old shows and everything recent and everything coming up. We'll just put on YouTube as well. So more people can join the community. Um,
0: what else have we had? We've had some, have we had a good mailbag for darker days? Well, we've, uh, definitely been asking people for their suggestions for next season. And, uh, it looks like uh, we we've definitely gotten some suggestions. Uh, Eleanor and uh, Bastion Roars mentioned that they'd like to see some more content for uh, Kindred of the East and uh, Mage the Sorcerer's Crusade, and even maybe some extra discussion of Unhallowed Metropolis. And uh, definitely the latter two of those uh, we can mm. we can totally discuss. Uh, Kindred of the East might be a little tough, but but we might have another host join the show, and maybe he knows something. Ooh. Another host,
1: you say? So, who is this
0: uh, person that's going to be infected by the worm? Um, <laughs> uh, do, do we mention him right now? I mean, or should we nothing's, leave nothing's finalized. Promise. We just tantalize people. Yeah,
1: okay, we'll leave it there. Um, yeah, we called cool to do some to talk about those games. Um, I think we have still got a few few Darkling series to finish off. Uh, we still need to do. We've got a Darkling I still have written up, which is how to do vampire the requiem set in the dark ages so that follows on that's kind of like the 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 last piece to the um dark ages series that uh steve and uh adrian did so i've been dying to to record that one and go through that Mm -hmm. um and also speaking going back to the iron kingdoms thing uh what with the new book coming out for that one which is we keep calling it God, Kings, and Nations. I think it's "king Kings, Nations, and Gods, um, whichever way around you want to put it. But um, we should be looking to get their law uh, lawmaster, ma- I think is the easiest way to describe him, uh, Doug Seacat on the show, so we can talk about more specifics on that setting. So that would be really cool. Um
0: what else have we got coming up? Uh, any hangout, hangout games planned for the future? Uh, yeah, I'm supposed to be running that vampire game. <laughs> I did the first first session and then got kind of busy, but uh, yeah, we're picking that up probably in September. Um, so shout out to uh, Alex, James, and uh, Chig.
1: Mm-hmm. And the other thing I'm still rolling around in my head is do I run a Geist uh, one-shot, or at least infrequent game. Because kind of want to run Geist. The answer is yes. Yes. I think that happened after going through the Book of the Dead and everything to prepare for this show. Um, I guess, that's, is that a good point to move on to our first main segment?
0: Yeah, let's go talk about the classic World of Darkness. Classic World of Darkness. All right, Chris, it's the end of the season, so let's talk about death. Let's talk about Wraith the Oblivion. It's kind of our tradition, and I know that uh, you're not, you're not you know, a diehard uh, classic World of Darkness player, but you do have a little bit of experience with Wraith, don't you? I've played a, little, a few sessions
1: of a uh, Wraith the Great War uh, setting, mm-hmm. which is particularly dark, um, so, you know, I, I'm kind of aware of, you know, some of the basics of the setting and like, you know, you have the, the, uh, the guilds and, um, uh, I want to say Numena, but it's, is that the right term? Arkenoi. Archonoi. Oh, yeah. Don't worry about it. <laughs> so many different names for these things. Um, yeah, so, you yeah, know, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm, I would say I'm fairly familiar and also, also like there's, there's enough about the, uh, the setting, which obviously, uh, Turns up in like Mage or in uh, Vampire the Masquerade with relation to, you know, obviously mages go into the Umbra and they go to the underworld and obviously the vampires had some stuff going on with a certain city of Enoch, so, mm-hmm. you know, I'm aware of enough
0: to talk about it. Fair enough. And that's kind of what we're going to be focusing on. So, you know, back in Dark Days Radio episode number 22, Mark and I went through. All of the classic World of Darkness games, and talked about you know kind of the basic structure of the game, a little bit about their settings, but it's really just a broad, rapid-fire overview. And I kind of want to go back, especially for Wraith, and uh, discuss some of the uh, finer or more complex elements. And uh, Chris, as you know, Wraith is it's kind of a unique game amongst all of the World of Darkness uh, games because it's the only one that is not set in the real world. The generic okay. or default setting is actually the Shadowlands, which is a uh, sort of an other world, uh, a spirit world that exists, um, and the ghosts there, the wraiths, cannot interact easily <laughs> with the skin lands or the uh, the mortal world. So while, say, Werewolf or Mage, uh, there's the ability to go into the Umbra, that's not really the default setting. They're They're really supposed to be set on Earth primarily, and Wraith is a lot different because, of course... Uh, You have this completely other world to uh, begin with and explore Now in Wraith first edition this entire setting this entire geography is only really explained in about five pages Which has a lot of sidebars and a lot of artwork So there's not actually that much content to uh, go along with so I figured we would kind of do a basic overview and see if we can uh, Kind of explain these things and also, you know Give some extra ideas for how they might be portrayed of course later Wraith books do go into more detail and explain uh at least give give more structure and and suggestions for these different places. But I thought it'd be kind of interesting to just start off with the real basic descriptions that we got way back in nineteen ninety four and see what we can do with them. Cool? Yeah. The Shadowlands or the the World of Wraith is a little a little strange. Um it actually in the book kind of describes itself as this sort of metaphysical onion, which actually does seem to be kind of fitting. So Uh, when a wraith is just standing there in the Shadowlands, they can actually see the mortal, the real world the world of the living, which is called the Skinlands but they cannot interact with it because of this uh, sort of element called the Shroud, which separates them Uh, the Shroud wasn't always there and in fact, there's mention in uh, the source book, Necropolis, Atlanta that even um, in the years before colonists came over the Native Americans could still interact with the dead uh, a fair bit more easily Hmm. But the Shroud is there, and it makes it quite difficult for uh, Wraiths to use their Arcanoi and, and other abilities to uh, interact with the, the regular world. Now, they're, sitting, they're standing on this physical surface, this kind of crust the, of the Shadowlands. And it, it seems to be that beneath, that beneath that crust, in this sort of like hollow earth, is the Tempest. And the reason why I say it's kind of inside is because there's these uh, elements called nihils, which are um, vortices and and almost like kind of quicksand pits, which uh, of of like uh, oblivion material, which leads down into this thing called the tempest. Uh, mm-hmm. The tempest is, of course, this kind of um, it's it's a very entropic realm, I'd say, mm-hmm. where it's chaotic and. Uh, it's very easy for wraiths to get lost. Um, But within this tempest is also uh, a few safe shores, safe harbors, such as uh, the far shores, which are these, these heavens and hells. And there's also uh, this giant city for the uh, kingdom of iron called Stygia, which uh, is really the, uh, the capital and and center place of commerce uh, for the hierarchy, which is, in many ways, kind of the big bad guy of the setting. They, they really oppress everyone in this mm-hmm. land of the dead. So, how can we use the Shadowlands? And how can we really describe it? Um, I think with regard to the, the actual Shadowlands, uh, it's supposed to be a very gloomy place. Everything's supposed to feel dead. And you need to enforce that fairly often. Uh, talk about how maybe the land itself is this thick, like ashen crust for example or you know talk about how the uh, structures because there's still buildings that mirror those in the real world but they're they're decaying they're uh rotting and they really just have this um this aged look and you should definitely check out like photographs or uh, other um yeah really just photographs i guess or or films exploring maybe like urban explorer films Uh, Mm. that check out these kind of old buildings, that kind of stuff, to give you ideas for how to describe them.
1: I was going to say, with the Shadowlands, do you also get um, the entropic reflection? Because that's essentially what it kind of is. Do you get an entropic reflection of uh, of buildings that have been long
0: gone from the material world? Yes, uh, that does happen. Yeah, that can that's actually a very interesting thing to bring up, that you might find this ancient building, which no longer exists because it was torn down, say, five years ago. But uh, there's still a reflection of it because people still kind of remember it, uh, mm-hmm. much like how the wraiths themselves can be uh, kept alive by the memories of others. So that's a very good point. Um, but I think it's also important to bring up that you don't want to uh, keep talking about, you know, the decay, the death, and just the... Uh, general dreariness of the setting because it gets very monotonous that way so definitely throw in these like little aspects of of beauty maybe um a ray of light shining down at the bubbling creek or Mm -hmm. um mist dancing in the cemetery just these very small things to kind of uh pique the player's interest and um just break it up a little bit would you say that when a um, when a wraith looks over into the material
1: world or tries to then interact with the material world, that's almost like you know say they're looking at or within a portion of the shadowland? Would it be safe to say that the that portion of the shadowland suddenly takes on or what they look at that portion of shadowland? It takes on color and more of a semblance that's akin to what's in the real world I'm kind of like, it's almost like kind of comparing say um, if you've got a uh, a black and white photo and then you suddenly allow more colour, you're allowing more colour to come through in in one part of of a photo, would you you say that's maybe a a good analogy to kind of like to give an idea of how
0: race live in their world and then look into the the mortal material realm mm. i think it's actually a wonderful idea now especially you could use it for this one aspect this one mechanic in wraith which uh when a wraith needs to gather pathos they have to find uh someone or or something emitting a particular emotion um which they feed off of so, oh, so the color either, comes in yeah yeah that's when the color comes in as they uh as they gather pathos in that way so
1: you could use the color and tie it to um, uh, what is it the the colors of auras that are generally in like or uh, the mind reading kind of like all specs and and the equivalent powers yeah that's cool yeah that's a really
0: good idea I like that quite a bit now of course there's also the tempest and this is the, where things get really strange with wraith because it's not very well explained and of course I mentioned it's it's entropy itself so. Uh, It's going to be ever-changing and and chaotic. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Tempest does have these kind of more um, stable areas, which are called byways, or uh, one of them, one of the most important, is like the River Styx, where uh, the ferrymen will escort uh, uh, people around. And this, uh, portraying the Tempest, you can do it in a couple ways. Um, I've seen people describe it as just like a kind of a stormy river, that sort of thing, which I think is, is fine for maybe the byways and that kind of thing. But once you get off more distant, away from those, into the center of it, um, I think you need to get a little bit more creative. So uh, one image that I really want to uh, kind of draw back on is, uh, I, and I hate to reference another piece of media, but the uh, hyperspace in Babylon 5, mm-hmm. which is this... Um, You should check it out on YouTube, first off. Just search, like, Babylon 5 hyperspace or something, and that'll probably be the easiest way to uh, see what it looks like. But it's... uh, Imagine a... um, Kind of a stormy, cloudy realm where uh, there's no gravity, really. So you're just floating around. Um, And there's kind of ever-changing shades of gray. And then you occasionally see little bolts of lightning or energy bursting off in the distance. Mm -hmm. And so it's going to be extremely hard for a wraith to navigate. And, in fact... To, to navigate in the uh, Tempest and not be drawn into any, like, uh, ebbies or, or gravity wells. Uh, you, in fact, need a specific Arkanoi. It sounds very similar, because when you said balloon 5,
1: that's the very... Oh, I can't remember where that, where that term comes from. It comes from a certain uh, fantasy or sci-fi setting, but it's, you know, the typical... Uh, w- uh, you know, the dark, wine, red space or sea is a way of describing like the alternate reality of of space in whatever thing that was and when you describe the tempest i think another good way of of uh another source of inspiration is maybe um of all things the description of the warp in um games workshop's uh warhammer forty thousand setting because again mm. that's a that's a a psychoactive uh alternate reality which is uh which is uh, ocean-like, with a miasma of colors, but also with a whole mix of, you know, of uh, flows and tides and ebbs and vortices and uh, different densities, even.
0: Yes. And I think that actually, uh, talking about the warp brings me, or brings us, to uh, kind of my next point, or next idea, is that you could actually just make it this almost psychologic manifestation, like this dreamlike experience and simply um, kind of model it after uh, dream sequences you've seen in shows, like maybe um, an angel or Babylon 5 had its own dream sequence or kind of vision, um, where you make it a somewhat stable environment where maybe the character's in, like, an apartment or something and they're walking around and talking, uh, interacting with someone or something. But then the setting quite dramatically and quite suddenly changes, and you might not even really hint the player to it. You might just have this, uh, let's say they're in the apartment talking to uh, a specter, and then quite suddenly a an armored knight walks in and begins discussing something with them. And then before they know it, they're standing in some open field rather than an apartment. Mm. Using that can uh, kind of unsettle the players and also uh, kind of reinforce the chaos of the the situation that they're in
1: the other idea I was thinking another visual that maybe makes a lot more sense with um where the the Shadowlands, you know blend into the tempest is um is the depiction of hell in uh the film Constantine with that where mm-hmm. you know the buildings are everything's reflected from the real world and they're all this decayed destroyed um Uh, reflection of of physical objects and there's this uh, you could almost say like a a searing wind which is constantly blowing and tearing at the buildings and all the physical objects and uh, turning them slowly to ash and pulling ash away from them so that maybe also works as an idea of how you know the one realm one part of the underworld of
0: the Shadowlands blends into the Tempest. Hmm. Very interesting. Yeah, that could definitely work. Um, Then of course, uh, a few other safe shores or safe harbors in uh, the Tempest are the Far Shores, which are a collection of heavens and hells uh, within the Tempest. And for portraying these, um, you've got quite a few options. You could just make it this almost stable object within the Tempest. So, you know, playing off of that, or riffing off of the sort of Babylon 5 hyperspace idea, uh, you just have this solid slab of perhaps the uh, the ashen crust of the Shadowlands itself, it's just floating there, and that's where these mm. people are hanging out. Or you could actually make it, uh, if it's along one of the byways, it's just a simple island, or a delta, at the end of a major river.
1: Or, I mean, I'm trying to take some examples from some other things, um, it could be some really weird, like inverted architecture. So, like, say the inside of a church, but turned with like vaulted ceilings, but turn it upside down. Mm-hmm. So, you, so the floors, obviously, the bowl shape of the um, of the archway, and that idea comes from uh, the Robin Williams film What Dreams May Come, which again is like an afterlife uh, scenario where he his Character has died and goes to rescue his wife, who committed suicide uh, from uh, essentially purgatory. Um, I'm trying to think of some other depictions of farshals. Also, um, I kind of like the visuals too. Um, was from the, uh, the Kickstarter that had gone a while ago, and which uh, our infrequent co-host James he um, he got the kingdom death monster. Oh, and that's a good idea. Well yeah, i mean that's, that's
0: another world of the dead that you could uh, yes. rip off of
1: and the floor like it's always a bit that the 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 ground the floor is covered in this mosaic of of uh, carved faces and if those are all just kind of like the um the dead that are so long forgotten that they've kind of uh uh what's the, t- what's the term i'm looking for it's almost like a kind of like the the the, the an ossuary, but within in the underworld itself. You know, they've just become so so uh, rigid and stagnant that they've all, that all these dead have kind of collected together to form a a solid block of uh, floating ectoplasm. I guess is the only way to describe it, which has become this dark basalt.
0: That... is kind of isn't that is that supposed to become an RPG at some point? Uh, yes, I believe it will do. <laughs> oh my God! I know. Oh, uh, if only, if only the artwork were. Well, we'll see nicer.
1: because James is going to do an unboxing when it when he gets hold of it, which is not a few months off now. He'll be doing a video unboxing for us.
0: Okay, sounds good.
1: So yeah, there might be some cool monsters for ideas of um, spectres or, or so forth. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, continuing on with uh, other things. Um, the other thing that. You so these far shores and uh, other things, um, and going back to the tempest. So, with the tempest, you said there's these byways, and I was, I've just gone to my PDF copy of Wraith, um, and I read that some of these byways are named after certain rivers of death. So, for example, one of them is always like the river Styx, or they call another one after another one of the rivers of death from uh, you know, Greek mythology. Um, uh, so again, some of these fascials also reflect um, certain depictions of the underworld from certain uh, uh, religions
0: and faiths of the world? Yes, definitely. Um, and if you're going to do that, definitely go for the more bizarre and twisted, of course. Uh, uh, the mention of the like upside-down citadel uh, is, is a very good one. So kind of riff off of that. Just make it similar to... Uh, a religion or or uh, a mythology that is well known, but change a few little things. Um, maybe mess around with uh, uh, what's what's I can't even remember the name of hell in Viking mythology. Muspel Muspelheim is that it? Muspel uh, no hell is oh Nifl Niflheim.
1: Niflheim Muspelheim is uh the land of fire. Yeah, that's right. Um, which is even deeper. I think that's almost the equivalent of like. Oblivion almost. Um mm-hmm. uh Other Realms of the Dead you can riff off. Uh Zibolba in um uh Mayan. Uh is that Mayan or is it Aztec? Anyway, it's referenced a lot in the film uh The Fountain, uh which is very interesting potentially for ideas. Uh Other Realms of the of the Dead, let's think. Um <sighs> Trying to think. Trying to think. The underworld think. of Egyptian mythology, obviously, which is obviously um,
0: used in Mummy: The Curse, but and it's obviously used in
1: Mummy: The Resurrection. So obviously, yeah. it's the dark, uh, dark kingdom of is it ivory of sand, dark kingdom of, of sand. sand. Um, obviously, the underworld uh, of uh, the Aztec lands was the dark iron of uh, dark land of obsidian, but. if I'm right from what I know of Wraith and the setting, did that not get destroyed by an invasion by the uh, Dark Kingdom of Stygia which is the Dark Kingdom of Iron Um, uh, because obviously that represents the the colonization of the Americas by uh, the West, by people from Europe Um, you've also got the Dark Kingdom of Jade, so that's obviously the underworld relating to Far East Asia kind of uh so Shinto and Buddhism and so forth, uh all mixed together. Um and I guess you can you can have the remnants of other kingdoms of the dead from any other kind of pagan belief uh uh or other areas. I'm sure there's something that relates to kind of, to uh, uh, so like the um, Australia and kind of that the Pacific Islands that way, that I guess is, mm-hmm. uh, so what you could do. Or India would have, the like, because it's a thousand gods, again, a thousand hells. Because um, I'm writing the, because that also, that's quite interesting because that relates to uh, Kindred of the East, doesn't it?
0: Yes. Well, actually, uh, Kindred of the East, it's interesting to mention that uh, there's a Wraith source book called The Risen, and that came out in, like 96 or something. Uh and that deals with wraiths that come back and inhabit their body or could actually mm-hmm. I think it could be someone else's body. Uh but it's very difficult to do and there's only a few active ones uh, at any particular time. But then the later kindred of the east source book actually flat out says in the uh in the first chapter or the introduction that the kindred of the east are actually just the same thing as the wraith risen. Mm-hmm. Um but they have slightly different powers and a slightly different like political setup uh, and all that. Yeah. So yes, it relates quite closely. Cool. Um, and then, uh, and then,
1: so where should we go on with, with this? So obviously we've spoken about some of the, uh, the far shores and these, uh, nigh hills and obviously, uh, places within the tempest, which are safe to, uh, to stay, to rest, or even live—when um, I say live, that's kind of a <laughs> kind of a oxymoron in its own kind of way. Um, what else is within the uh, within the the lands of the dead then in
0: Wraith? I, I um, think we actually covered all of it.
1: Have we covered all of at it? At least at um, least
0: at a very um, high level. Oh well, the other thing I'm just looking
1: through. Obviously, one thing we've we've not spoken about is that. At the what's at the heart of the tempest is oblivion. oblivion
0: itself. Yes. Yeah,
1: and I think this is all kind of interesting because the one thing that this all relates to quite well is actually the uh, the the, the uh, depictions of the underworld in uh, of all games, Exalted. Because remember, back in the day, Exalted was kind of sort of as the world of darkness before the modern re- modern times before mm. before the fall before the sundering before whatever and again i think it's depiction of the underworld is quite interesting because you've got different kingdoms controlled by different death lords and so they take on their own kind of uh of uh, form and you also get some interesting kind of geography when you start talking about where the um so the death lords are the are as i say that these these monumentally powerful beings that rule over entire kingdoms of the dead but they themselves are servants to even greater beings who are like dead primordial gods called the Neverborn and they exist in the very heart of the underworld and to get there you have to you know uh, go into these deep channels and they're like warrens where you know, even darker ghosts and specters um, exist. Um, So again, you've got the idea that the other type of uh, depiction, maybe the tempest, um, could be a maddening maze of tunnels, which, you know, is constantly shifting and changing uh, with very few caverns which remain, you know, normal. Um, That is pretty sweet too. Then is there anything we should say about maelstroms? Because obviously that's kind of an important thing to classic world of darkness.
0: Uh yeah, I mean a maelstrom is basically a uh a storm across the Shadowlands. It's really the tempest itself coming out of its uh coming out of the shell and um causing a uh Uh, damaging winds and uh, putrid smells and really clearing out areas of the Shadowlands and uh, storming through cities. And usually kind of heralds a uh, a natural disaster or uh, some some dark event that's about to come. And there are, of Uh course, the uh, Great Maelstroms, which pretty much just cover the entire Shadowlands itself. The kind of endgame scenario for Wraith is the coming of the next, uh, I think it's the sixth Great Maelstrom and that essentially tears the entire underworld apart indeed
1: okay um is there anything you can say about briefly say about one of these um kingdoms in the underworld so like stygia like what's particular about stygia uh
0: okay sure so stygia has of course it, it's sort of the uh, the western uh kingdom mm-hmm. and it's controlled of course by uh charon who is like the uh the great Dark Lord uh, started the fairy Men and has been ruling for a long time. Of course, he's recently gone missing, which causes some uh, political upheaval in the Wraith setting. And the people that stand to most capitalize on this political people are the uh, different Death Lords, like the uh, Smiling Lord and um, the Lady of Fate, for example. Organized around these monumental figures are, is the entire hierarchy, which is kind of a... Uh, It's very bureaucratic large organization somewhat modeled after um the roman empire for example the soldiers of it are called legionnaires uh and it's a uh kind of archaic society uh slavery uh, still Mm -hmm. exists and uh of course the economy of stygia and really of all the shadowlands and the race setting um is fueled primarily on the souls of others so uh, the soul of a uh, of a wraith that's that's newly born, he he might be captured when he's still in a uh, kind of infant state, and grabbed and just thrown into a soul forge and then turned into an ashtray or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Good.
1: Um, I would say, I mean, obviously, I think uh, for new world darkness, there's uh, plenty, obviously, within wraith to plunder, I would say a lot of what's in the books will fall into, can be used as uh, particular descriptions of um, domains which turn up in Geist, the Sunita and obviously New Order Darkness Underworld and you know, in a bit we'll talk about what I mean by a domain and how, if anything the, the classic World of Darkness Underworld is actually quite a
0: very different beast to the New order Darkness Underworld um, Yeah, absolutely, and I think the reason for that is because since it's the default setting for Wraith, they had to make the Shadowlands something tangible and, and stable rather than being so uh, chaotic and unknown like the uh, underworld of, of the New World of Darkness. Mm-hmm. So that kind of influenced the uh, overall design of it. Yes. Cool.
1: Well, I think that brings us to the secret frequency then. Yes, it does. And I'm
0: going to take mm-hmm. a sip of water. So, tonight we present to you Hart's Island. It's a disturbing locale in the Long Island Sound, only a few miles off the shore of New York City. Little of the island's early history is known. The 130 acre island was purchased by Thomas Pell from the natives in 1654. In February 1869, New York City purchased the island from Edward Hunter of the Bronx for a sum of $75,000. Just before the island was purchased by New York City, it served as a prisoner of war camp during the American Civil War. Nearly 3,500 Confederate soldiers were imprisoned there, and 235 died at the camp in only four months. They were buried alongside Union soldiers. The misery of Hard Island didn't end there. After purchasing the island, New York City uh, designated the northern 101 acres, nearly 80% of the small island to be the city's potter's field. A potter's field is a public graveyard where the poor and orphaned are buried in mass graves. Unknown corpses are buried in individual plots where they can be disinterred uh, again, and stillborn infants are buried in trenches of a thousand mismatched coffins. As of this day, over 850,000 dead are buried in the potter's field. Perhaps more disturbing is that people continued to reside on Hart's Island as the graveyard grew. In 1870, New York City used the island as a quarantine during the Yellow Fever epidemic, with many of the ill joining the potter's field. In 1885, the the pavilion was built, a woman's insane asylum located on the island's south shore. Civil War structures falling into disrepair were frequently co-opted as temporary prisons for the Department of Corrections up until the mid-20th century. During the Cold War, Harts Island housed Nike Ajax missile silos on the northern shore to shoot down incoming long-range bombers. These facilities were only operational from 1956 to 1961. But construction records detail complex structures and a generator powerful enough to uh, provide electricity for a town of 10,000 souls. Harts <laughs> Island no longer has any permanent residence. The pavilion was eventually closed down, and the Phoenix House Drug Rehabilitation Center shut down in 1975. But through all this, the dead kept pouring into the potter's field. Corpses are buried by inmates from Rikers Island paid only 50 cents per hour, who arrive on the one lonely ferry that travels there, along with those they need to bury. The Potter's Field is now also used to dispose of amputated body parts, which are placed in boxes labeled limbs. (laughs) Burial ceremonies are no longer conducted for the dead since the 1950s, and no individual grave markers have been set except one. The first child to die of AIDS in New York City was buried in isolation, marked with a concrete slab that read SCB1, 1985. Visitors are rarely allowed on Hart's Island, and the press are never granted access. Only one guided tour has ever been provided by the Department of Corrections, allowing local residents to see the exterior of the silos and crumbling buildings, but enter none of them. Those family members who travel to Hearts Island are not allowed beyond the Northern Gazebo and can never see the graves. So what can we do with Hearts Island in the World of Darkness? uh, The dumping ground of corpses for the largest city in the United States, so we shouldn't be strapped for ideas should we? (laughs) Yeah, this would be quite easy to go through some ideas. (laughs) Definitely. So uh, one story hook for any World of Darkness game is the connection between the burial ground and the military. Why put the silos in such an inaccessible place, away from the main air force base? Uh, Also note that the city stopped providing burial rites about the same time that the silos were constructed. Perhaps the military uh, was put there for more than just defense from the Soviets. What if you play as military chaplains, ensuring that the dead stay dead? In Vampire the Requiem, Hearts Island provides an excellent locale for a cabal of Ordo Dracul vampires. Uh, the kindred are free to experiment on themselves, the bodies, and uh, the few inmates that come to visit. And what about those inmates? Spending your waking hours only with dead bodies and the other imprisoned can take its psychological toll. What sort of beliefs might they turn to, and how can they keep their sanity? Perhaps a voodoo cult springs up amongst the prisoners of Riker's Island. And given the topic of tonight's show, uh, I think we'd be remiss if we didn't mention how Hearts Island might be portrayed in the Shadowlands. Uh, With so many fetters and corpses in one place, uh, surely the local hierarchy has fortified the island and may actually be charging a protection fee to ensure that a wraith's bones are safe. And uh, if you can't pay the oblii, they might uh, break a couple femurs. So, Chris, uh, do you have any ideas? And please don't say it's an Avernian Gate because I think we got that. Yeah, that's pretty obvious.
1: It's definitely a <laughs> Avernian Gate. Um, the other things that you can look at, obviously, uh, for Werewolf the Forsaken, uh, there's a few options. Obviously, in the Hissle, uh, it could be a wound or a uh, particularly dark part of the, uh, of the, uh, of the shadow. Um, and so, obviously, it... A prime hunting ground uh, for particular spirits, Um, and you know, there has to be a cull every so often because it just keeps breeding these nefarious uh, spirit beings of death and destruction. Mm. Uh, You can then understand that possibly the island uh, acts as part of the territory for a pack of bone shadows who obviously use the gateways into the underworld there to go and uh, retrieve and gain more powers from uh, ghostly allies, powers which you know are, are, are quite different from those that they would gain from uh, not from just typical spirits. Um, the other thing you could possibly use is uh, let's think. <laughs> um, Promethean, obviously, the island is possibly a perfect place for a Promethean of any sort to exist, since uh, the corruption they cause, the um, disquiet, will really have very little effect uh, on those around them, since they're all dead. (laughs) Um, I'm trying to think of all the games. Um, You could potentially use the location with uh, I'm trying to think which group is it. Uh, is it the... Mike, uh, uh, in Hunter the Vigil, which group is it that makes use of various um, supernatural creatures' abilities? Is it the dem-
0: Demoni-fuge? Uh, no, they're no, no. more no. demonic stuff. Um, I mean, the Chiron group has their own kind yeah. of... Uh experiments
1: going on. So obviously you can fit in the idea that they've yeah. been doing experiments and it's a perfect place to dispose of the bodies. Um, the other thing is, it's a, maybe it's a perfect island and place of operation for Orpheus Group.
0: Mm, yeah.
1: You know, there's, there's maybe quite a few uh, people that can recruit into their ranks from uh, the dead that are interred there.
0: Absolutely. And maybe they're uh, using that generator to uh, power their sleeper agents that go under
1: if you really want to go crazy, maybe there's a uh, Nefandi ex-Euthanatos Nefandi uh, Mage uh, for Mage of the Ascension, who operates from there harvesting the, uh, the entropic energy uh, for his own use uh, so that he can eventually bring all of uh, New York into his control and turn it into a land of the dead. Um, obviously, the there's obvious relations between this, you can see some parallels between this island of, and other islands of the dead, like Perveglia of, of Venice. So maybe there are um, certain byways and tunnels uh, through the Underworld or the Shadowlands that takes you from one of these islands of the dead to another. Maybe they, the spiritual reflection of them is actually these uh, stable areas within the, uh, within the Tempest. Um, so yeah, maybe it's its Shadowy reflection is the fact that it is a uh, it's a landmass that has just loads and loads of carved bones all the way across its uh, field. Hmm. Um, maybe it's other shadowy reflection is a domain in in uh, the underworld of Geist Sinistas. Maybe even uh, I'm just trying. To think, maybe even you could use it as a place of operation for Last Dynasty International. Perfect place where no one's going to come prying, and they can. Bring in uh, their imports from from other places into into New York for their uh, research, or potentially it's a place where a uh, uh, one of the uh, the 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 um, arisen uh, keeps uh, their tomb.
0: Yeah, it could be. Could be. Very interesting stuff. Um, well, I think I'm spent on ideas, so.
1: I can't think of anything for changeling. All the other ones we've had previously are really easy for changeling. This one is uh, doesn't quite—I don't think—quite works as well for changeling. Well,
0: for changing uh, the dreaming, obviously a sluah would want to hang out there and uh, you know talk to the dead.
1: Yeah, I think um, you could That's possibly true. say it's a good place for the court, uh, yeah, court of winter, and uh, uh, a grave white uh, changeling or darklings in general to uh, to to live
0: what Um, if what if there is a uh, for changing the loss there's a trod that exists on this island but it doesn't take someone out onto the surface it puts them in one of those mass graves and they have to claw their way out oh that's really cool yeah
1: so they come into they, they come out into a hedge that's literally before they get into the mass grave the hedge they go through due to the psychoactive nature of the hedge is a hedge made of bones Nice, cool. Yeah, that's a really cool, one, and it's quite interesting because you didn't quite get into it. There's obviously there's a lot of presumed stuff to do with um, how it's haunted, but there's no specific stories of any particular hauntings, are there?
0: Nope, not really. Yeah. Um, and there's also some really funky Google comments on it. Uh, okay, oh, like, this is a great place to drop off a body. Yeah, but. Talking about ghouls,
1: oh. you could also look at it being a location for a uh, for slashers for Hunter the Visual. So one of those ex-inmates who's gone back there and still exists in one of the uh, buildings, you know, doing what they do and as time's gone on they're becoming even more crazy and mad and it's slowly unlocking their supernatural abilities because that's one of the cool things about slasher is uh, as a book for hunter the vigil it it focuses on the true horror that humans can commit without actually having supernatural powers but obviously as a person gets more mad and more psychotic and more crazy there they almost have supernatural kind of ability. So it's all like the classic Mike Myers. You shoot him and he just keeps getting up. Um, Mm -hmm. So you could play into that sense that there is some madman on the island. Very good stuff.
0: Alright, Chris, I think we should move on over to the new World of Darkness segment. Oh, yes. Mm.
1: World of Darkness
0: 2.0. So, the
1: underworld of the new World of Darkness is a it's, as we said, is quite a different beast to the underworld of classic World of Darkness. So I'm going to start with how you get there. We've already mentioned something known as Avernian Gates. So Avernian Gates, when, what, where and how. So these are gateways that give you access to the underworld. They can allow you to go to different parts of the underworld so you can go into deeper er areas. Some gates lead you into deeper parts of the underworld than others. When I say deeper, it means really how, in a metaphysical sense, how more separated that realm of the dead is from the realm of the living. Now these gateways swing both ways. So obviously if you open it, things can get back out. And they have to be opened using keys, which are particular rituals. And each gate can have a specific ritual. So to creatures, entities like Sin eaters, Mages, or Vampires, or Bone Shadows, or certain Prometheans, and so forth and so forth, um, these rituals are quite important um, Quite important information to keep on you and to trade even. So those are Avernian gates. And as I said, they lead you into the... Uh, Autothonian depths, which are kind of like uh, tunnels that you travel through, which have some reflection of the real world. But they aren't the only, ever, only way to get into the underworld. There are other ways. Obviously, mages who command the power of death and spirit can quite literally rip a hole into the underworld. And they're pretty good at doing that. Though I'd like to see them do that and not get hit by Paradox. Um, But there are other gates. There are graveyard gates. Now, these are not the same as civilian gates. Graveyard gates exist in every graveyard. But they are different. These gates are opposed to the very nature of life. And they open at times, they actually open on their own uh, own accord at particular times in order to balance the death energy that is uh, gathered in the graveyard. So, if a graveyard has mortal living visitors every so often who go to graves to remember their dead relatives and um, attend to the gardens and so forth then the graveyard will have its death energy balanced out naturally but if people don't go and they forget about it and more and more people are interred in the graveyard then that death energy builds up and builds up and builds up and the only way to balance it is For the gate to open up and to lure a living person in, to lure that person into their death. And so, in return, the death energy is balanced out. Whoa. Yeah. (laughs) Pretty mental, hey. Yeah. Now, graveyard gates can also be opened at other times. And the only way it can be opened is with a blood sacrifice. You don't need too much blood, but it has to be mortal blood. So, vitae, not going to help you. The blood of a werewolf? Not gonna happen. Promethean? Uh-uh. Changeling? Nope. So you're gonna have to find someone to give you some blood. Hmm. Fresh blood.
0: Do uh do mages
1: work? Yeah, because they're still technically mortal. Okay, cool. Obviously, because the for all intents and purposes are mortal. Um so yeah, you know, these gates are uh are very different to a gates. The other cool thing is that uh if you have strong enough urge of a strong enough feeling of love, like Orpheus did, or a strong enough need for vengeance, even that emotion can open these gates. So, you—if you love someone and you can't deal with being separated from your loved one—you can, and it, it's strong enough. It could, it could, very rarely, it could open a gate to the underworld and let you go in. So, that's a really good you know, starting point for any uh, World of Darkness Mortals game. The other cool thing, <laughs> I say other cool thing, is a botched exorcisms. So a botched exorcism is when you try and perform an exorcism on a person and you think they are uh, possessed by a ghost. Because obviously you want to send the ghost back to the underworld, Right. Well, a botched exorcism obviously occurs if you try the exorcism and what they're being possessed by is not a ghost. Say, by a spirit or by a demon from the, uh, from the inferno or by, uh, say, a spirit from the abyss, such as a mage, or any manner of other spiritual entity that's not a ghost. If you do that, then there's a chance that you could actually open a yawning moor that will suck you into the underworld
0: does it do that because of course there's no ghost to drag in so it has to drag in something else some different soul
1: it has to drag in something else to balance out the death energy
0: uh interesting
1: so as i said these gates and doors open to different places and there's upper and lower parts of the underworld so the upper part of the underworld allows uh, a portion of culture bleed uh sometimes it's more recent stuff sometimes it's a culture bleed from a, a different time period of that city. So, for example, Iraq. You could uh, say in Iraq, uh, Baghdad. You would maybe think that the culture bleed would be more reminiscent of modern Baghdad, but it may actually the culture bleed may be more akin to ancient Persia, and that means the tunnels, because the underworld at, in the is always these tunnels, is uh, festooned with with uh, The walls have built into them, say, uh, glowing fungus, uh, bits of certain coffins and and skeletons, or there are um, there are grave goods from people that have been buried, and there's examples of those, or there's like candles or or uh, other things that provide some sort of light. And of course, the tunnels undulate and go up and down and go vertical, or sometimes have to scrabble up them. Sometimes there's water, and because they're tunnels, the other important thing is quite a lot of the Verling gates um, often occur in. Uh, you will find an inver- Verling gate somewhere that is underground in the real world. So there's this mm. parallel. There's a parallel between the fact that you're you're deep underground or you're somewhere you know almost far underground or or under lots of buildings that leads into the tunnels of the underworld. So that's where the parallel is drawn between our world and and that world. And these upper parts are known as the uh, autocathomous depths. And so normally you find wandering uh, around these tunnels are the recent dead. And they look pale, they look like greyish, whitish, you know, paled versions of what they were in life. Maybe they have scars of the, the way they died, um, and they're, they're very physical people, so the ghosts are solid things now. And, you know, there are a winding set of tunnels, which is why you get a particular skill like uh, spelunking is an important skill in World Darkness if you're going into the Underworld.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now... There are other things you can come across when you're going through these tunnels. As I said, there's grave goods, funerary echoes. You will also sometimes come across gates. These gates will allow you access to other areas of the underworld, deeper parts of the underworld, and they require a sacrifice. These uh, these gates are important because they allow you to get to deeper parts of the underworld if you're not a Sin eater. So a Sin eater has a a specific attribute known as uh, a psyche. And that's normally what allows them to pass into the deeper areas quite happily. If you're a vampire, you ain't going to do it because you don't have this innate tie to the underworld. So you have to leave a sacrifice. And this normally is kind of like the pound of flesh type of sacrifice. So this may mean, even for a mortal character or or a mage or something, you might actually have to cut off a limb and leave it hanging on a rusty hook there, and go off through the gateway. Or you leave a sacrifice from someone else that you've dragged along with you, if you're that kind of bastard. Now, the thing is, when you come back, that sacrifice, will you can reattach to yourself. Mystically, it will just reattach. You've just got to hope it's still there, because what's to say someone's not nicked off with your sacrifice? Nice. Which is also pretty bad, because if they've nicked off, they've you know stolen it, you're not going to go back through the gateway. <laughs> right. Yeah. So the other ways, as I said, to get deeper into the underworld is you cross some of the rivers of the underworld, and this requires a certain Psyche level and a payment to the ferryman. So these are generic ferrymen like Quran, who, who take you across... Uh, and deeper into the underworld. And there are a number of these rivers. So I'm just going to list off a few from the Geisosinita spot. So rivers in the underworld, in the great below. So the underworld generally is termed the great below in, uh, in, in Geisosinita. You have uh, the river of blood, known as ki or mal and that's exactly what it says. It's a river of blood. It, you gain certain bonuses and penalties when you drink from it. And that's the same for most of these rivers. There's the river of bone dust, an ancient god for which this river is named, because uh, it's named hun Hunspu. was said to have has his body in, inter- intertwined with a cocoa tree. And so this river floats with a gr- the grimy veneer of frothing bone dust. There's the River of Consumption, the Idkura, uh, which is the Man-Eaten River, and so it's uh, if you take a gulp from it, you're more in tune with the ghosts that you encounter, and so you can talk to them more easily. Um, there's the River of Dead Seed, uh, which is brackish bog water. There's the River of Fire, which is a boiling river glowing with a faint orange pulse. It's not actually a flame, but it appears so. There's the River of Hate, or the River Styx, which is nothing more than swiftly moving uh, water in uh, churning rapids. And if you drink from it, uh, though um, a drink from it, though, attacks the mind with visions of hate and revenge and anger. There's the River of Lamentation, the River of Regret, the River of Memory. I've used this one in uh, Changeling. So I had a player drink from the River of Memory, and uh, it allowed them to remember things from their uh, time in, of their childhood and when they got stolen away by one of the Fae. Um, the River of Pus yeah, speaks for itself. Um, sickly mushrooms that flicker and hiss grow at the edges of it. The river of scorpions, the river of woe. And so as you cross these rivers, you get further and further into the underworld. And there there's no particular order of which the river which of the rivers you'll cross to get deeper into the underworld. Gotcha. Um, and there's a few more in Book of the Dead. I'm just gonna list off. Uh because it there's just like you know, it's just such a crazy collection of uh of uh rivers um, if i can find it. Oh, here We're we done. go. Uh, River of Amber, River of Fate, River of Ice. Uh, some of these have got Viking names, uh, River of Gold, River of Life. Um, so that gets you deeper into the underworld um, and gets you into what's known as the Lower Mysteries and the Domains. Um, so obviously, the River of Blood, if you're a vampire, you can drink from it, which is really great.
0: Yeah. Um, I just want to say, uh, before we move on, that A cool little piece of flavor you could do with the uh, river of consumption, for example, is uh, to, after a character drinks from it and they become more in tune with the uh, dead around them, uh, give them the symptoms of tuberculosis, which would be uh, them coughing up Mm. blood and being quite pale, just like the ghosts around them. That could be a a fun little thing to play with. Exactly. Um, The other things that you find
1: in the Underworld, which are quite weird, and I've used this before, is a a tableau. So a tableau is a... uh, a scene of 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 uh, repetitive imagery, so it's it's a it's a, it's a an echo you can think of. But the ghosts that the ghosts involved in it don't know they're echoing, and so it just carries on and on and on. And they're strange sights, and and uh, they have particular participants, a particular uh, repetition and imagery, and so they represent a particular shocking scene of death or of futility or, or of entropy, but the fact is that if you can push past what you see uh, as shocking an image as it is, you will gain greater wisdom of, of of what the meaning of death is, so it's kind of like a physical mas- manifestation of a meaning of, of a form of death or the meaning of death, and again Book of the Dead gives some examples of of uh, tableaus because they're, they're aligned to a particular vice one I've used is the congregation of the doctrine of the false uh, faith so this you see this tableau which is like this huge vaulted ce- ceilings like a cathedral and there's this twisted ghastly ghostly choir singing hymns and people constantly praying and kowtowing and before this uh, priest and you know there's there's a warning within this about uh professing faith falsely. And so, you know, that's the type of thing you can use. You can use these then to to really uh to maybe make a make a point when a character has been doing certain bad things in the game. You can really kind of drive home what their vice and what their sin may well lead them to. Um which is kind of useful. Um so that's tableaus, and yeah, I mean, that's that's um the underworld, and that really brings us then to uh, domains and the other things down in the underworld. Mm-hmm. So domains are basically how the lower parts of the underworld are divided up. So tunnels, again, you've got winding tunnels that open into larger, expansive tunnels or networks of tunnels. The domains have a particular theme and mood, you can basically say, so like some of these places represent maybe a particular form of underworld from a religion, or maybe they represent again a particular concept of death. uh, One for example represents uh, where lots of dead from numerous wars have have, uh, gathered. And so you see the dead from World War One, World War Two, And all, often the ghosts here now are far more deformed by their time of uh, being in the underworld. So they take on more nightmarish proportions because they've existed in the underworld for so long. Hmm. Almost becoming more and more of a reflection of the death that, they, that occurred to them, like the meaning of the death that occurred to them rather than the physical death that happened. And these realms are... Uh, are over by the the Caraboy, who are basically uh, spiritual kind of I would guess kind of very similar to psychopomps, but they're kind of more like uh, again they're they're not really ghosts. They're ghosts that have transcended death and become a a reflection of a me of a form of death, a meaning of death, and they look after and they control their realms and ensure that the old laws are maintained in their realms. So the old laws uh, are literally a s- set of rules that, that tell you what you can and can't do in those realms. And again, in the Book of the Dead, there's a, a, a number of examples of uh, these domains and some of the rules. So for example, one is called Logate Prison, and is exactly that. It's a prison filled, filled with the dead from prisons and so forth. And you've got screaming uh, Literally cell blocks filled with people screaming and numerous old laws such as the guilty shall submit, freedom must be earned, violence begets violence, all within are subject to the laws and you, know, you have the strange geography. So again, the, you the, the geography of these domains can be quite massive really in proportion to the other parts of the underworld. And then finally, you know, there is, um, there is oblivion of some form as you go deeper and deeper into the underworld. But, you know, normally if someone's gone that far, you don't hear from them again. And the other important thing, which is good about the Book of the Dead, for New World of Darkness, is that it, while it looks like it's a wonderful book for Geistocinita, it's got a wonderful chapter on how all other entities in the New World Darkness interact with it. So obviously vampires, it talks about, have actually quite an easy time in the underworld to some respects. Um, they don't spend blood as much because obviously they, the sun doesn't set nor rise. So they don't have to spend blood every night, every day that passes. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course, feeding is a little difficult because you can't really drain blood from a ghost. So they either – vampires have to find the the river of blood or they have to stand under under uh, stalagmites and stand there for almost a good ten minutes or more waiting for blood to slowly trickle down from the living world into the underworld and into their mouths. Whoa, interesting. Yeah. Though there are – there is an entire discipline in that book. Which is uh, a discipline devoted to manipulating the dead, and of course, uh, eventually allows you to to uh, consume ghosts and thus feed from ghosts. And the interesting thing is how repulsive the act of draining or feeding on a ghost is, and how very similar it is to diablerie. Um, obviously, don't use spirits touch in uh, as the Specs power in the underworld because there are so many memories there; it will drive you fucking insane. <laughs> so yeah also vampires not being alive and not being dead fall into a gray area with the old laws because the old laws apply to the dead um yeah so there's a lot of cool stuff you can do with the vampires werewolves obviously there are some gates in the underworld that exist in the and these shadow gates have no keys so you can quite easily wander into the underworld some werewolves go in thinking they're not in the Underworld, and suddenly it's like, oh, actually, this is not the shadow we're in anymore. The interesting thing is this. Werewolves don't find ghostly versions of themselves down there because their soul is already spoken for, which is a very interesting line in the Book of the Dead. So that says something a lot about the cosmology of World of Darkness and the nature of the soul of a werewolf, that it's this mishmash of, of mortal and werewolf of hmm. and wolf. obviously there's special rights tied to the underworld the bone shadows are very good with dealing with those and werewolves can consume ghosts like a person but again it erodes harmony uh, totems when they un- enter the underworld so totems are the spirits for a pack they become solid and can no longer go incorporeal which is very interesting and of course the moon does not shine here so you can't regain essence that way. So the only way to get back essence while you're in the, in, in the underworld is feeding on the dead. Ah, Mages, obviously death magic is a lot easier down there. Fate can change the old laws and break them. Spirit and death magic, of course, is very useful for mages for affecting Gaitus and Caraboy. Prometheans are really interesting when we get to this. Prometheans can get to the underworld in a very new, unique way. So when a Promethean dies for the first time in their mockery of life that they have, rather than waking up 24 hours later, they can instead wake up on the shores of the rivers or of one of the rivers of, of death. Um, and this can actually you can use this as a, an important milestone in their pilgrimage. And again, they fall into a gray area with regard to the old laws, because they're, again, a mockery of life made from the body parts of the dead.
0: So wait a minute. Hold on a second. So you're saying a Promethean in his physical form will appear uh, next to a river of death? Um, because they don't have a soul to speak of, so it might be difficult for them to be in the underworld in an incorporeal fashion.
1: I would say that it's a. I would say that for some reason they take on a corporeal form formed of their Azoth. Because of, the way that Prometh- because of the way the Prometheans are, they're, very t- they're tied to death and they're able to sidestep it. So I think the way you can say is that Azoth, they, they have, remember what we said about souls, that a, a Promethean has the germ of a soul that's ready to be kind of fully formed. Right. And okay. going down there, the pilgrimage will form a true soul. So they, they will form a physical thing obviously i think when they escape the underworld and get back into the real world i would imagine that they would have to travel through the world back to their body uh but in twilight so that's a good point just to, on a side note you know how you're saying about the 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 shadowlands in classic world of darkness and obviously ghosts can look from the shadowlands into the real world right in new world of darkness we don't have that if a ghost is wanting to interact with the real world he has to come into the real world but he can exist in a state known as twilight so it's kind of like being out of phase with the real world so you're incorporeal you can regenerate essence if you go back to your fetters and and anchors and you can exist there without being harmed or seen by mortals and other creatures unless of course they look into twilight and obviously, all other spiritual entities can exist in twilight, not just ghosts. And then finally, changelings. There are gates in the hedge, and maybe a place like the crypt of Mary. You know, the children of the th- of the children of thorns from uh, Dance Macabre for Vampire the Requiem, which right, is yep. the yeah. So maybe her tomb, which the vampires go into and then come back out changed, is actually a. Uh, a gateway into. is a gateway within the hedge which leads into the underworld. Anyway, hmm. that's interesting. Contracts, of course, uh, are slightly altered in the underworld. Also, and here's the really interesting thing: when you enter the underworld, you immediately, changelings can, for the first time we go into the underworld, can pay, can spin a willpower point and enter into the death clause. This is very important. It gives the changeling a free death so they can can die in the underworld and immediately come back to life. Now this is very important because it says something about the relationship between fey creatures and the underworld and that the fact that if this clause exists it means that the fey themselves have a clause with the underworld they have a pact with death and this means that if there's a pact, there's a loophole, and so this means that it would basically be a very revelationary thing to changelings because it would mean well. If the fae have made a pact with death, and there's a loophole, then that means there's actually a very specific way to kill one of the gentry.
0: Just gotta find out.
1: That is an amazing plot hook right there. I've used Ooh. that one. I literally did that, and I went. You've entered the death clause, and one of the players went, hold on a minute. Does that mean the fae, the gentry, can actually die? And I was like. I don't know. He goes, hmm. So yeah, that's really cool. And obviously, the other elephant in the room. We've got two elephants in the room actually with this one. First of all, how does the underworld of New World Darkness relate to the, super, uh, the supernal realm of Stygia from Mage? Well, it's a it's a very very great area. I would say that the supernatural the supernatural realm of, of Stygia represents the purest, truest concept of of the principle of death whereas the Underworld is the reality of death, uh, the fallen reflection of Stygia itself. Um, and the other thing is, which group have we not talked about, Mike? I think we've not talked about
0: mummies. We have not. We also haven't talked about demons, but... I uh, well,
1: yeah. well, I would say with mummies, um, the thing that we spoke about when we did our mummy crossover thing is, we, we, uh, is the idea that maybe there is a, a domain... Very well hidden, bordered by certain mountains, which is where the uh, the the dead, the the gods of of uh, the arisen uh, exist. And obviously, no other ghosts, no no Sinaitas have made it there because it's very well protected by the uh, powerful. Um, I guess the very powerful geomantic energies. That have been drawn into it, and by the energies recovered from the relics that the Arisen bring into that realm with them. So, yeah, there's a massive plot hook idea of a bunch of mages going to the underworld to find a way to get to this realm of the dead to steal a relic of the Arisen,
0: or kill a mummy because that's where they are weakest. And most uh, most defenseless. But one of the interesting things um, is that so if this were a domain, this this underworld where the judges of Duat uh, inhabit yes. and where the mummies go when they are torpid, it's it's not like the other domains. It's not it's not a tunnel like the regular underworld, and it's really this this broad expansive land. It's it's quite different than uh, anything mm. else we've seen in the underworld.
1: It is really different as in yeah as you say it's got mountains and it's got a sky and it's a desert land and it has their their kingdom there there of, for the duat for the and the gods of the duat so where it sits in relation to the underworld and the hedge and everything else is you know crazy i mean i think that's one of the nice things about um about New World of Darkness is the cosmology. While you can see things how they can link together, it it doesn't neatly match up. So you've got lots of room to fill in the gaps as you see fit. Um, the other thing that would be interesting with these realms is I, I wonder how even creatures like the Strix would interact with it because they're 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 hmm. spirits that interact with a form of dead. So there's something to be said there. Um again there's particular bloodlines which uh of Mechet which have access to the discipline that allows them to manipulate the dead. Uh again you could take inspiration from the Giovanni from Classic World of Darkness and make them Mechet. Uh you've got the uh hold on, the Burekamin from Vampire Requiem who are necromancers. So again they could go into they may be able to access a No Way Avernian gates that get them into uh, a a more eastern a, uh, Eastern Asia reflection underworld that they go into to talk to do mm-hmm. some ancestor, literal ancestor worship. Um, there's a lot of stuff you can do with it, and I mean, I've really I've really only just given brief things from. Uh, from the Book of the Dead. Like, there's tons of ghosts in there, caraboy, powers. Um, obviously, in Hunter, you've got groups that may well want to go in there to, uh, for whatever reason. Um, you can also imagine, uh, like, um, uh, World of Darkness slasher. Again, you could have a slasher that, for some reason, knows how to open a Avernian gates, and that's how he goes about to commit his crimes. Um...
0: And uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Any any last thoughts on that stuff? Oh, definitely. Well, here's one. So, what if the judges of Duat in Mummy: The Curse are actually Caraboy, or yes, not too far uh, removed themselves? Actually, wait did you did you come up with the idea like a while back, and I just stole it just now?
1: <laughs> I think we did say that like, when we t- talked about that. Uh, um, it, whoops. Um, but well, here's something.
0: Interest... All right, what's up?
1: I was going to say, it's interesting when, it, when we look at how Prometheans are able to get their first death and go into the underworld. Because, again, that represents, that's quite a, uh, a mirror to, uh, the, um, to the mummies. And we've said this again, that
0: Prometheans and mummies seem really similar. Hmm. Yeah, that is pretty interesting. Now, one thing we haven't discussed on the show before, and I know this for a fact... Is Demon the Curse or Demon the Descent? I want to Demon the Curse. Demon oh. the Descent. So we did ask uh, Rose and Matt a little little fun fact, a little tidbit about demons, and that is whether or not they have a soul. And mm-hmm. to quote Matt McFarland, or paraphrase, he said, "Well, they don't have a soul like you'd normally think about it." So how will they interact with the underworld? How are they going to be different? It would seem to me that the God Machine might need to send angels, for example, into the underworld. But uh, how might they change and how will the demons themselves be affected?
1: Mm, that's really interesting. Yeah. It's something to put um, on. And also there's the, I doubt there'd be any, yeah, when a demon takes on a new cover and it eliminates a person from reality in order to, to take their life to be its cover. I doubt that that act leaves behind
0: a ghost of that person. Um, Yes, or maybe it does, and it's gonna be quite dangerous for that demon or angel to enter the underworld because that ghost might be hunting for him
1: Very, very true. Um, th- yeah, and of of course, one of the other entities that exist in the underworld is geists. These spirit, ghost, thing, you know, which obviously possess sin eaters and uh, merge with their soul souls together. Um, but yeah, I, I really like the um, the uh, the underworld in New World of Darkness. Uh, like one of the domains is like a, a massive like you come out onto this huge cavern and you can barely see the top of it. And you can barely see the other sides of it because you're onto a beach and it leads onto this dark ocean. And again, you can draw some parallel between, say, uh, the tempest of uh, of classic order darkness and use that as inspiration for a domain in new order darkness. So you've got this, you know, roiling sea and there's some black ship manned by the dead that are ready to sail across it for whatever reason. Um, the other thing is how far into the underworld do you need to go in order to find reincarnation? Maybe. Is there a way to find reincarnation? Is there not? Um, one of the classic things, and this is why, Mike, we really need to do the um, Vampire the Requiem, uh, Requiem for the Dark Ages, is because there's a really, really cool Avernian Gate we need to cover. Okay. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to basically do the big spoiler for it and why I want to do Requiem for, uh, Requiem for the Dark Ages. So one of these Avernian Gates is located uh, in Constantinople. Perfect, and it's written about in Book of the Dead. I'm just paging through to get to it. There we go. So the this Avernian Gate, you, you've got some. There's some stuff written by one of the uh, servants or, or, or bodyguards to uh, the Doge uh, uh, Dandolo, who was um, the Doge who led the forces of of uh the catholic world and of venice uh to constantinople because he got blinded when he was a merchant kind of diplomat in constantinople so he wanted some revenge and he was now doge mm-hmm. and so you got all this you can read through it's one of these classic kind of you know in character uh artifacts that you can read through and the story took here story hook here is you know the main what would have been a uh um, what would have been a, uh, a cathedral, but was changed by the Turks into a uh, into a, uh, a mosque, is uh, the Mosque of uh, uh, Hagia Sophia. Yes, yes. Under that is an Avernian Gate, and this Avernian Gate is obviously being accessed and it's being accessed it was accessed by the doge when he when he invaded Constantinople. So it's the idea did they go there to, to go into the civilian Gate to get something from the bit of the underworld that this gate opens into. So those aware of the legend say this gateway leads to hell or Sheol and that it there's spirits and demons down there. Either way, the lip of the pit is lined with priceless treasures and Some of these mementos are engraved with a very old language. It uses in big terms a very old language. So put in there Atlantean or uh, the language of the Nameless Empire or whatever ancient society you'd like to use. Some versions of the story even posit that the Holy Grail itself is hidden among the other antiquities. So Mike, what other ancient holy relic could we think that could be hidden amongst these antiquities? A piece of the cross, or maybe maybe it fell into the underworld and somehow got there. Is uh is the um, spear of destiny, which of course the um, the Monarchus and the lancaster Sanctum at one point did have until the Black Abbey burnt down. Now one of the thing one of the uh, the ter- the terrors of this uh, Avernian Gate is that there's a huge uh the only way to describe it is a huge spider that lurks there in wait guarding these treasures and obviously numerous dead and ghosts caught in its web and uh there's a prophecy associated with it and um you know there's just this chance to recover lost artifacts and yeah that's kind of you could use that in a, in a very more modern context where you know, you've got cenitas or or a group of mages or some vampires that go to Constantinople to find the Severnian Gate. Or in the context of the fall of Constantinople, that classic book from for uh, Vampire the Dark Ages, well, let's just take that as a starting point and let's kind of just change some of the reasoning of why the forces of Venice and, and of the Catholic world went to yeah Constantinople
0: yeah, there was Giovanni in Venice maybe that's why they went there well let's just Get change around the... right. let's
1: like let, let's think you've got the maybe you've got some of the lancair sanctum and part of the uh the uh nux uh what is it nux right the knight the knightly empire the the forerunners of the Invictus and they wish to go to um Wish to go to Constantinople to have some revenge against uh, the the her- those who they see as heretics to the true teachings of uh, Longinus and to recover the lost uh, spear of
0: destiny. I like it, Chris. We're doing this next episode.
1: Are we doing? Are we finally going to go through my notes on Requiem for yeah. uh, for the Dark Ages? Let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's
0: make it a full Darker Days episode. Okay, cool. We'll see what The NWOD will be good. That
1: that one, I think that one will be good for for NWOD because it won't take too long to go over. We can keep CWOD for what? Technocracy? And finally look at the Progenitor's book and finally look at the Syndicate book.
0: Yeah, sure thing. I think our uh, potential, probable, almost basically definite new host would be uh, pretty into that. so Should be good. All right. I think that's just about it for this episode of Dark Days Radio. Um, Chris, do you have any other uh, notes or messages?
1: I want to say a big thank you to Beasts of War. So That's com. They are a uh, podcasting YouTube. Well, They're a YouTubing channel that do a lot of wargaming stuff. And they are the guys who I won my copy of uh, Box Game of Hordes off. So a big thank you to them because they give away stuff all the time. Um so and I've told them about our podcast so uh, I hope they are they'll listen to this one and give us a shout out in return because they cover a bit of role play info sometimes but yeah nothing world of darkness wise. So yeah, big thank you to them. Um any other things uh pff, we've got quite a lot of stuff in our drive through RPG um credit which we're keeping ready for a certain new books to give away as prizes. So, as we get closer to that, we will arrange that.
0: Um, any Darklings that we have planned coming up? Uh, no, because we just downgraded the... Uh, or upgraded. Upgraded. We've, upgraded we've, yeah, upgraded the uh, Dark one. Ages one to uh, to full episode content. Uh, we need to snag... We
1: need to, at some point, snag Doug Seacat, and we're going to need to snag Simon again to talk on Hello Metropolis. Okay. Uh, yeah
0: works for me. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. So, yeah. What's up? We're Darker Days Radio. Check us out at darker-days.org. Uh, we're, of course, on Facebook, facebook.com slash Darker Days Radio. And, of course, we have our G Plus community. That's where all the action happens. That's where we talk about a lot of stuff. Uh, in fact, a recent conversation, Chris, was about The Void, which might be a little mm. interesting to check out. Uh, hopefully, it's uh, a yeah. little, bit, little bit less... Uh, I don't know, questionable <laughs> than Cthulhu tech, but
1: uh, yeah, and it's got less dodgy dice pulls and yes stuff. Yes. Yeah,
0: so that's <laughs> definitely something that's uh, it's pretty cool coming up. It's and, a bit uh, more, it's a bit
1: more hard sci-fi, isn't it?
0: Uh, I would say hard sci-fi in quotations because you know it's a bunch of dudes that don't know science. I don't think
1: it, it's, it's more <laughs> it's more. Um, I was gonna say it's, it. it from my cursory glance at it and what I know of it, it's more to the end of... Um, it's more Event Horizon than
0: Glyver. I'd say uh, it's more Evangelion. It's Mass Effect. Oh, okay. But that's interesting it's Mass as well. Effect against Cthulhu, pretty much. Uh, with, no, with no space aliens. Uh,
1: no no, Chaos Space Marines? <laughs>
0: nope. None of those either. Good. <laughs> awesome. Cool. And, uh, of course, we have our twitter account at dark days radio and then we're also on tumblr right chris
1: uh yeah when i post stuff i post some pictures and stuff because onyx path have a tumblr that they do stuff on it's amazing the amount of people you come across on tumblr that go oh i wish people would still play world of darkness it's like we are um (laughs) so uh you know the world is always the sky is always falling when people talk about world of darkness um And yeah, I mean, also, uh, Sam, she's been posting up on her blog, uh, film reviews. Uh, What's the last one that went up? Uh, Jennifer's Body, and I think uh, before that was Evil Dead, the original. Um, I don't know whether she's going to write a review for Evil Dead, Army of Darkness... (laughs) <laughs>
0: which she is totally great should.
1: <laughs> you've been told you should mike says you should um i don't know what's next on our horror film we'll see what's uh oh no maybe a good review we watched uh, recently hannibal rising so it might be good as uh, a good talking point with relation to what we were saying about slashes in world of darkness because sometimes the most horrific thing in the world, the most horrifying thing are committed just by normal people.
0: Absolutely. Uh, you too should watch May, M-A-Y. It's a okay. really nice, uh, you know, it's, a, it's like a rom-com.
1: Uh, okay. Oh, on uh, net, I often post up some blog posts. So I recently wrote up a blog post along the lines of what we talked about with Simon, which is keeping things mundane so that you emphasize the horror. So... You know, in other words, why the horror will sometimes disappear if you keep playing superheroes with fangs. Um, yeah. Uh, so obviously, WODnews.net, they have some news there. Some Sometimes I think they should be recording their their uh, Google Plus Hangout tomorrow evening. Uh, last weekend? No, they didn't. Because, what? Because uh, Pete uh, had a technical failure. So oh, people aren't going to know this because this is going to go out before... Going to go out after that show thing. Anyway, if you haven't seen it, go find the latest uh, WODnews.net WODcast, because there's going to be some talk about uh, how you, uh, about thing, basically considerations and ideas about how you get uh, pen and paper games into a computer game, which is very, Sweet. which it seems to be a topic of interest, not only with regard to World of Darkness, but also War Machine. So,
0: uh, yeah. Awesome. All right. That's it for this episode of Dark Days Radio. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, everybody. And uh, yeah, good night. Good night.